transition our young people to our children's experience and collect our uh, offerings for the evening. As we do, I'll, I'm talking to myself. I'm getting a sense that I'm soft. Umpu. Figuratively. Is that better? Having some inner ear issues, so I can't really monitor my own sound. It's awkward in public, but whatever. The angel tree is here with tags on it in the coffee shop area. Remind you how that works. Uh, these tags are uh, to buy presents for foster children uh, through uh, Lutheran Social Services of Illinois. So you take a tag, there's a name, a gender, an age, and a couple ideas for presents. Uh, you spend about $20, you buy the present, you wrap it, and you bring it back. You take a tag, and the tag has a number, and you write your name down by the number that corresponds to the number on the tag. Uh, that's the most important thing so we can know who has the tag. Uh, we'll have the tree out for a couple weeks. We need the presents back by December 1st. Uh, which is a Monday, I believe. So uh, make sure you uh, take that, enjoy that, uh, support that ministry of reaching out to foster children. Going into next month, we'll be introducing our new um, on-site mission and outreach program, the Angel Tree Closet, but we'll wait until the, pay, uh, the angel, <laughs> angel Tree Closet, that doesn't make any sense, Paper Angel Closet, but we will wait till the angel tree is done until we introduce the paper angel. There's just a lot of angels. There's maybe too many angels. But uh, it's a good thing to do, and uh, we'll be excited about that. So take advantage of this opportunity to uh, reach out to a young person this holiday season. <clears throat> Let us have a word of prayer now as we transition to our forming time. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together for this opportunity to worship. We ask that you allow us now to truly hear your word, hear your call, examine our own hearts as you examine them. And allow us to see for ourselves where our allegiance lies and whom we worship. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. So we were just talking about uh, Christmas presents and we are approaching the holiday season because Halloween is over and so as soon as Halloween ends, we have to talk about Christmas. Actually before, it was about October 1st, Walmart had their things up in the garden center and I saw Toyland is open at Farm and Fleet today. So we are already in the midst of our holiday season. So in that mindset, I want you to uh, think again about a parable and put yourself in this situation. You have a uh, preteen or teenage son, we'll say, who desperately wants an Xbox One. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a video game console. That's how you play video games. So not, this may not pertain to anyone in particular, um, but you know, just saying that, just imagine yourself you have a son, desperately wants this one gift, and you, loving your child, want to provide that for them. Now, that's an expensive gift. At least I would consider it expensive. 
So you may have to sacrifice some things, give up something in your own life to be able to afford that. But you do because you love your child. And so Christmas morning comes and you've, uh, you've bought the Xbox One and you've got it there and it's wrapped and your son goes and he opens it and that moment, you know, you, you film it and put it on Facebook now these days, but that moment where they open it and they're overjoyed and he just hugs you uh, and says how, how much he loves you and how thankful he is. And that made the sacrifice worth it in that moment. A few hours pass and he goes up to his room and he uh, plugs that in and starts playing and you go up to check on him and you go, uh, hey, what's, what are you doing? What are you playing? He says, wait, uh, can't talk right now. Time passes and you find he's not uh, wanting to go out to be involved in family things as much as he once was and he's locked himself in his room most days and one day he comes to you and he says uh, well my friends they have all these other things these add-ons these these additional things that make their Xbox One some of you have been through this right um, that make their console better than mine and you find that this gift which the intent was to bring joy and express your love has made your child more unhappy and even less content. How could something so good, a, 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 such a gesture, so pure, turn so bad so quickly? Well, it happens literally in that example, but it happens in our life many, many times because the gift became more important than the giver. The true beauty of that gift was the sacrifice and the love in which it was given. But when the object becomes more important than the person behind it, things get turned around. It becomes an idol. Now the gift itself was not evil, was not wrong, was not unjust in any way, but it became a false god. Now the gods of pleasure, what we're talking about tonight, often begin as a gift, as good gifts from God. Food, sex, entertainment, all wonderful things that God has made part of our lives here on earth. But when we focus on the gifts and not the giver, those gifts become idols. They become false gods. We find ourselves focused on obtaining the pleasure. We look forward to it. We spend our time, our money on it. And once good things take place of God in our heart. We began this series a couple weeks ago with a scripture from Joshua. We're actually kind of doing a chronological um, uh, Bible study here uh, throughout this series. Uh, we began with, with a scripture from Joshua who went before the Israelites and said this, Choose this day who you will serve. And what did he say? As for me and my family we will serve the Lord. One generation passed after hearing that speech, after seeing the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And they started serving false gods. Judges came to guide them. And eventually King David brought the tribes of Israel together. Last week we read words from his son, King Solomon, talking to his son in Proverbs saying, above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do 
flows from it. King Solomon built the temple, the Holy of Holies, the structure that was the house of God here on earth. Unfortunately, King Solomon had some issues with gods of pleasure, and he began to worship the gods of his many wives and concubines, about a thousand in total. You could see why his allegiances got turned around. His son Rehoboam would follow other gods, and once the united tribes would split into two kingdoms, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. What follows in Scripture are the accounts of kings of Israel and kings of Judah, some who followed the Lord, some who turned away from the Lord. War continued between those two nations throughout the periods of Kings and Chronicles. And outside threats, and of course, wars between gods, continue in those times. And so we come to 1 Kings, an account of those many different kings, and some wonderful stories herein. We're going to look pretty much uh, at a good chunk of chapter 18 in 1 Kings. So I want to start in chapter 16. In the 38th year of Judah's king Asa, Ahab, Omri's son, became the king of Israel. He ruled over Israel in Samaria for 22 years and did evil in the Lord's eyes more than anyone who preceded him. By this time, King David's great-great-grandson, Asa, is ruling Judah, the southern kingdom. Two kingdoms at this time. So his great-great-grandson, Asa, is uh, king of the southern kingdom. And things are going pretty well because after some bad eggs, Asa is really a king who's following the Lord. And so Judah is right in the eyes of the Lord. Israel, the northern kingdom, with Samaria as its capital, is not doing as well. They had had a series of fairly bad kings. And Ahab was said to have done more evil than any one of them. Which is saying a lot if you had read to this point. They had done some pretty evil things. You see, Ahab married Jezebel, which you would have thought by the name would have given him a clue to stay away from her. The princess of the Sidonians worshipped the god Baal. So Ahab began to worship the god Baal and built altars to the god Baal and a temple and a very fancy pole which we could go into what that all is about. We won't today. There was that and there was the fact that Jezebel had many of the priests of the Lord God murdered and killed and you can imagine God wasn't real thrilled about this situation in the northern kingdom of Israel. So the Lord sent Elijah, a prophet, to King Ahab with this message. Elijah says, As surely as the Lord lives, Israel's God, the one I serve, in case you were confused, because there was confusion in those times, there will be neither dew nor rain these many years unless I say so. Elijah came to Ahab and said there would be a horrible drought 
that would plague the northern kingdom Israel for many, many years. Now the irony is that this version of Baal, which the people were worshipping, Baal actually means master or lord uh, and is ascribed to many different gods, but uh, the, the god Baal as described in Scripture was a weather god most notably attributed to rain. So do you understand what's going on here? The Israelites began to worship a rain god and the Lord God sent a drought. In other words, don't expect God to bless the competition. Don't expect God to bless the things that are replacing God in your heart. Are you overly focused on money or success? Don't expect God to bless your finances or your career. Do you look for food to comfort you? Don't expect God to bless your health or the food that you eat. Are you obsessed with sex? Don't expect God to bless your sex life. Are you frustrated in the area on which you spend the most time and effort? Israelites prayed to a rain god. God sent a drought. Now, I don't think we worship a particularly reactive God like is being portrayed here, but I do believe we worship a God who will not enable us, who will not bless the things that are hurting us just like we would not bless the things that are hurting our children, hopefully, and enable them to continue to do bad things, to hurt themselves, to destroy themselves. We do not worship a God who enables pleasure-seeking. Now, a few years passed, three years about, and the drought remained. But eventually, God sent Elijah back to Ahab because God was ready to end this war between the Lord God and Baal. We pick up in 1 Kings 18. Now send a message, this is Elijah, and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel. Gather the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Ahab sent the message to all the Israelites. He gathered all the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah approached all the people and said, how long will you hobble back and forth between two options? If the Lord is God, follow the Lord. If Baal is God, follow him. The people gave no answer. Now, Elijah is one of my favorite characters in the Bible and certainly one of my favorite prophets because he, he's just about the right amount of crazy, but he, he's also, he doesn't hold back when it comes to what he believes, when it comes to what he's saying. He doesn't hold any punches. He says, choose God or choose Baal. But they didn't answer. You see, they didn't want to choose. Neither do we. Very few people, if any, worship pleasure openly. But many of us worship it alongside God. We place God next to the television set, next to the, the newspaper, next to our favorite team, next to our addiction next to the refrigerator next to our car whatever else we want we don't want to give up god but we aren't ready to do what it takes to set that aside we want our cake and we want to eat it too but elijah and god were not content with silence so this epic battle between gods 
takes place. We continue in uh, 25. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of these bulls. Prepare it first since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but don't add fire. So they took one of the bulls that had been brought to them, they prepared it, and called on Baal's name from the morning to the midday. They said, Great Baal, answer us. There was no sound or answer. They performed a hopping dance around the altar. Around noon, Elijah started making fun of them. Shout louder! Certainly he is a god. Perhaps he's lost in thought. Perhaps he's wandering or traveling somewhere. In the, uh, in the Hebrew, that's actually, uh, perhaps he's going to the toilet. So the prophets of Baal cried with louder voice. They cut themselves with swords, as was their custom. Their blood flowed over them. It may seem primitive, cutting yourself and bleeding for a God that will not answer. But we bleed for false gods. How many people have lost careers, families, homes, everything they loved for an addiction that offered them nothing? How many sacrifice our health and well-being because of the food we eat or the sweet things we crave? How many people have died and how many lives have been destroyed because of the need for sexual gratification? At least the prophets of Baal were honest about their sacrifice. We continue, as noon passed, they went crazy with their ritual until it was the time of the evening offering. Still, there was no sound or answer, no response whatsoever. The gods of pleasure offer everything and return nothing. Now Elijah was waiting patiently. To be fair, he he was pretty much mocking them the entire time, so he wasn't particularly patient, but he was waiting his turn and eventually the prophets of Baal give up. Now Elijah builds an altar of stone. He prepared the bull dug a trench around the altar, told the people to pour four large jugs of water over the bull. Now remember, this is a competition to see whose God will send fire to consume the sacrifice. And Elijah pours water over the sacrifice. It soaks into the wood. It gets the altar itself wet and fills up the trench around it. Have you ever tried to light a fire with wet logs in the middle of a pond? Elijah was showing the people that God could deliver, even in the worst situations. And so we pick up in 36. At the time of the evening offering, the prophet Elijah drew near and prayed, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. I have done these things as your instruction. Answer me, Lord. Answer me that this place will know you, that you are Lord God, 
you are real and that you can change their hearts. Then the Lord's fire fell. It consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up the water in the trench. The people saw this and fell on their faces. The Lord is the real God. The Lord is the real God. God didn't just send fire to light up the bull, but consumed the bull, the wood, the stone, the dust on the ground, and the water in the trench. God is the only one who can burn up idols of pleasure in our lives. And God can consume them completely. Even the most secular means of treating addiction say that you must put your faith, your life in the hands of something else. Something besides yourself. We believe that God is the only one who will never fail. Never let us down. Happiness is fleeting temporary the chemical reactions that take place during and after sex or while we eat or during drug use they all fade away the excitement of a movie you want to see or a game you've been waiting for or a new show or even meeting a celebrity only lasts a moment we seek pleasure but god can provide us more than fleeting moments and chemical reactions we pursue happiness, but God is ready to give us everlasting joy, something that can never be taken away. Kyle shares a story in the book, and in our study actually last week, about a young girl who saw some imitation pearls at a department store. And she saved, she just fell in love with those pearls, and she saved up $10 to buy these imitation pearls. And she bought them. She put them on. And she wore them every single day. No one could get them off of her. She was obsessed with them. Her father came in one night and said, Dear, can I have your pearls? She said, No, Daddy. You, you can have my favorite toy, but you can't have my pearls came in the next night and said, Dear, can, can I have your pearls? She said, No, Daddy, you can have my favorite doll, but you can't have my favorite pearls. The next night she came to her father with tears in her eyes and said, Daddy, you can have my pearls. And he pulled out a velvet case and opened what would be a necklace of real pearls and gave it to her. You see, he was waiting to give her the real thing, but she was holding on to the imitation. When we focus on gods of pleasure, we hang on to the imitation when Father God is waiting to give us the real thing. Let us ponder uh, on that for a minute. Continuously asking ourselves through this series and through the next couple weeks where these gods are in our lives. Where we need to examine ourselves. 
Let us pray. We say we want you to walk with us, Lord. But we're not comfortable with the path that is set before us. We want smooth, newly paved roads with clear markings and bright bold signs. Telling us what to do, warning us of what lies ahead. But the journey of discipleship is like a rough mountain path. There are rocks, ruts, dust, dirt, and holes. There may be wolves or robbers at any turn. We don't know if we dare risk discipleship if it means struggle. But you have called us to rely on your guidance and direction. You remind us that God has never failed us yet. We have been brought to new vistas, new opportunities of service that we never would have encountered on a safe road. This is because in all of our trials, you do walk with us, Lord Jesus. In our troubles and concerns, Lord, we need your presence and comfort. We have so many fears and anxieties. Our hearts break and are burdened with illness and grief and loss. We hear the news of disaster and catastrophe and we wonder how much of it we can stand. In our troubles and trials, Lord, remind us we have your strength on which to rely. As we have tonight remembered and felt the presence of those who have gone before. We ask that you just honor, remind us that we too need your love. Strengthen us, walk with us, lift us high, and give us confidence as we follow your path. 